our mind and we know our faith tells us that God never abandons us, even in our darkest times. But when we are in the middle of those dark times, it's nearly impossible to see God working on our lives until the storm is over. For those who are working through addiction, author Joe McGivney knows well that darkness and coming through the storm can look back on the miraculous healing that led him back to his family and to God. Now, Joe shares the details of his new book, You're a Miracle, My Story of Alcoholism, Miraculous Healing, and God's Infinite Power and Love. Joe is with me today to tell us more about it. Good morning, Joe. Thanks so much for joining me today. Good morning, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for writing this book and being so open with your lives. And uh, it's just wonderful that you are open about your journey and your healing. Now, first, I'd love to talk to you about Knights of Columbus member. They should recognize your name. The founder of the Knights is Father Michael McGivney. How are you related? My uh, great-grandfather and Father Michael are believed to be second cousins. Uh, they, um, Father Michael's dad and my great-grandfather grew up uh, literally kind of down the street from each other in a uh, little village in County Cabin in Ireland. You rely on him, I know, through this journey, and we're going to talk about it. So let's start with your family. Tell us a little bit about uh, your upbringing and, and your family that is with you now. Sure. Um, I was born and raised on the south side of, <clears throat> of Chicago in a predominantly Irish Catholic neighborhood. And I was raised as a cradle Catholic. Um, both my mother and father were wonderful, loving, supporting parents. Uh, I, I truly grew up with an idyllic childhood. Um, I was the oldest of two younger sisters. And we, uh, yeah, it, it was a beautiful upbringing, wonderful upbringing. You talk about your addiction to alcohol. Was there a point in your life where you remember being introduced to alcohol and how that affected kind of the way you move through your teen and, and young adult years? Yes, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, my love affair began on a hot night, summer night. I was in between my seventh and eighth grade. And I was hanging out with some friends out in front of somebody's house. And his older brother came out and we asked, hey, where are you going? He said, well, I'm going to the liquor store. And somebody chimed in and said, will you get us some beer? And he said, if you give me the money, I will. And we did. And he came back with enough beer for each of the six boys that were there, each of us to have three cans of old style beer, which is the Chicago thing. And it's the most awful beer on the planet. But that said, um, I had always felt like I didn't belong anywhere. Uh, I, I lacked confidence. I lacked self-esteem. And even though I was a really good student, a good athlete, I always felt less than. And that night, as I'm hanging out with the guys trying to belong, I, I took that first sip of beer and nearly vomited and said, but if I'm going to belong, I got to get this beer down. And by the time I finished those three beers, I was, I, I changed. I hmm. felt different. And I no, I no longer felt like I didn't belong. In fact, I felt like I was suddenly charming and handsome and smart and funny. And all of my anxieties and my self-doubt just drifted away. So I remember that 
following morning as well, I woke up with my first hangover. And I think most people at that point would have said, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I feel horrible today. I couldn't wait to do it again. Wow. I I wanted to get that feeling back that alcohol gave me. If you are just tuning in, Joe McGivney is joining us today. His new book is You're a Miracle, and in it he recounts his journey through alcoholism and addiction and his journey back to God and to light. Well, Joe, then when, so you were chasing after that high, even though it left you feeling so terrible. When did it become a problem when you realized that you were an alcoholic and it was affecting your life and your relationships? It, you know, it really continued like most for most people with alcoholism. It progressed over time. And after, uh, you know, I, I, when I entered high school, I went to an all-boys Catholic high school called Brother Rice uh, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I started to become a weekend warrior drinker. You know, we would, with a group of guys, go out on the weekends, go to parties and so on. And so I was drinking every weekend. But as we... Um, entered my senior year in high school, I, we had more freedom, more of my friends had cars and could drive. And I started drinking nearly every day. And then once I was, you know, graduated high school, moved on to college, I became an absolute daily drinker. Um, but I do want to clarify, I wasn't fall down sloppy drunk every day. Okay. Um, But alcohol was a part of, you know, my life now. And after college, when I joined the real world, uh, again, I, I found my coworkers that liked to drink and they became my new friends. And I just, you know, my alcoholism con- continued to progress. Um, I ultimately was married for the first time, had two beautiful, wonderful children, but my alcoholism continued to get worse and worse and ultimately, you know, resulted in the end of my very first marriage. Um so at that point, it, it was clear I had a problem, but I wasn't willing to accept or take ownership of the fact that I had a problem. Now, Joe, coming out of Catholic boys' school, obviously that your faith was a part of your upbringing. Was there a point in your life through the struggle and through the breakup of your first marriage that you turned to God and said, okay, this is the time, this is enough, and I'm going to turn back to my faith and I'm going to work through this, or did you, along with everything else, just push God to the side? Yeah, sadly, it was the latter. Mm. Um, You know, once I no longer had to go to church and went off to college, I really just stopped going. And I, you know, in hindsight, I just didn't understand what was in it for me to maintain a tie, you know, a tie to the church into my faith. I was very, very selfish, flawed, and I just, again, just said, well, you know what, I don't need, I don't need God. He's not doing anything for me. This, you know, my life's my, my responsibility, not his. And I just drifted away. Well, and you know, as parents, we look back and we recognize that maybe within our own lives too, that it is during those college years where we think we know everything and we don't need to rely on anybody and we end up falling into just just dangerous situations. So Joe, for how many years then were you daily drinker and kind of wrapped up in this uh, addiction? Yeah, I, I was a daily drinker really throughout my entire adulthood. Um, 
but I was, while I was an alcoholic, I was a highly functioning alcoholic. Uh, I had a very successful career in the investment industry. I, my two children went to private schools. We went on, you know, over the top, wonderful vacations. Um, so I was functioning, but my alcohol, my disease continued to progress and, I started ultimately becoming a blackout drinker. Wow. And that um, actually destroyed my second marriage. So uh, after my first divorce, I met the love of my life, my wife, Nicole, uh, who I adored and treasured. And I started, you know, initially not drinking very much when we were together. But over time, it took over, and now I was a blackout drunk, and I burned that marriage to the ground. Wow. So there I was now, two divorces, and still not willing to accept the fact that I had a problem with alcohol. Through your adult life, the drinking continued, and, well, COVID happened, and this is where your story really takes a turn, and I want to find out more about this and how, through all of this, you were led back to faith and God and healing. But, Joe, I'm already coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in our next half hour? I would love to, Brenda. Thank you. And I am back with Joe McGivney. His new book is You're a Miracle, My Story of Alcoholism, Miraculous Healing, and God's Infinite Power and Love. This book is available online for purchase. And, of course, you can go to any one of our great Catholic bookstores, and they can get a copy for you as well. Joe is joining me today sharing his story of alcoholism and how he found strength, healing, and God. Joe, thanks so much for staying with us today. Sure. Thank you for again for having me, Brenda. Well, for our listeners in our first half hour, you kind of led us through this journey. And for some, we would realize that the amount of alcohol that you were taking in every day for, as you said, years and most of your adult life. I mean, that is just incredible. In 2020, we all learned of this word called COVID, and, and we didn't know what it was, but we all were affected by it. And we realized that, yeah, this was going to be something that we were all going to have to deal with. And you chose to deal with this in certain ways. So tell us a little bit about how COVID impacted your drinking. Sure. You know, for me, like I'm, I feel most people, when COVID lockdown began in early March of 2020, my fears, my anxieties just spiraled out of control. And I think most people turned to their friends, their family members, their faith, their church to find comfort. Uh, my only solution was to go back to what I love more than anything, which was vodka. And in the morning, the moment I woke up each morning until I either went to bed or passed out each night, there was vodka flowing through my body and, more importantly, through my brain. And so that started in early March. By the time December of 2020 rolled around, uh, December 30th, my body and my brain had started rewiring, and I collapsed on the floor. Uh, my wife, Nicole, who, by the way, had come back to me, was able to get me to a hospital uh, otherwise, I would have probably died that night. And they admitted me to this hospital, and that began. The, it was the beginning of a nine-week 
odyssey where I was in and out of institutions and they detoxed me, but I started again mentally because of brain changes, structural changes in my brain, I started getting worse and worse and worse until I reached a point where I was completely psychotic. And my oh. last stop where they finally figured out what was wrong with me was a locked psych ward here in West Palm Beach, Florida. And they identified that I now had Korsakoff psychosis, which the data is frightening. Uh, once you reach, your brain reaches that place, there is no coming back. There is no healing. And uh, my family was told that they had to figure out where to put me for the rest of my life because I was violent. I was hallucinating. I didn't know who anybody was. I was frequently restrained. And there was no way they could send me home to my wife. So they, they said, look, you got to find a home for him. So, Joe, you're relaying this story like maybe you're reading it in a book. Do you remember any of this or did you wake up one day and it was like a dream? It's the latter. I actually, and thank you for pointing that out, I have zero memory whatsoever of what occurred during that nine-week period. And I, after they transferred me out of the psych ward into a place that agreed to hold me for 30 days while Nicole find a, found a permanent home for me. They checked me into that institution. They put me to bed, and I woke up the following morning completely healed, no deficits, psychological, physical, none. And I wake up in this room, and I'm looking around. There's a bed. There's a nightstand. There's a window. And I'm like, where am I? And how did I get here? Well, over the then following days, I learned that I had been transferred there from a psych ward. I learned that I had been completely psychotic. I started to people filled in the blanks that maybe what happened to me was truly miraculous. But now I'm in this treatment facility, and I'm still an alcoholic. So God has already physically healed me. Hmm. But I still have a drinking problem that I have to solve. Okay. So... During that period, um, I ultimately, as a result of a really traumatic phone call with my wife, Nicole, where she had finally again said, I can't do this anymore, Joe. I, I can't. You know, I want the best from you. I'm so happy you're healed, but I, I won't be here when you get home. In that moment, my life changed. I finally accepted the fact that I had a problem with alcohol. The therapist I was with in, in, when Nicole gave me that bad news said, Joe, there's an AA meeting starting in a few minutes and you need to go. And I, I, I pushed back. I said, you know, are you kidding? I was crying, sobbing. He said, I said, God, I'm a mess. I'm not going to some AA meeting. Somehow he convinced me to get there. And in the first meeting I had ever attended of AA, they started reading the 12 steps. Um, I came to learn that AA is completely based in God. Mm -hmm. And the third step reads, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. When I heard them read that through my tears, I almost had this inner voice say to me, pay attention now, Joe. Mm -hmm. And I was hyper-focused on that third step. And like most AA meetings after that, a speaker got up and shared his story 
of how he had burned his life down, destroyed his relationships, destroyed his family. And then through the steps of AA, working it with a sponsor, he, he had recovered everything and then more. And that his life was filled with happiness and joy. And you could see it on his face. And it sounded like exactly what I wanted in my life. So, Joe, God, it's obvious we turn our lives over to God. God places in our lives people that help us on our way. And for you, God brought you your Aunt Jerry. Can tell us a little bit about her pivotal part in your recovery? Yes, I will. My Aunt Jerry, who is a McGivney, uh, is, was, is a, a nurse. And during that medical odyssey that I was going through, she was my medical advocate. And she was translating, I guess you could say, for my family members what was really medically going on with me. And not so after I, you know, got out of the treatment facility. I started going to AA meetings. I'm building this sobriety and this spiritual connection to God. <clears throat> and in a phone call with Jerry, I had shared with her that I had just joined the Knights of Columbus. I Giving back and serving others is a big part of sobriety. And I said, it's about time I joined the Knights, and I did. And I shared that with my Aunt Jerry, this devout Catholic woman, that I had joined the Knights founded by our relative, and she started crying and said, Joey, when you when you were so sick, I prayed to God, to Mary, to Jesus, to anyone who would listen, but I fervently prayed to our relative, Father Michael. And everything kind of fell into place spiritually for me. I knew I had been miraculously healed, but I always wondered why me? You know, there, I certainly was not the only alcoholic or psychotic on the planet. Why did God choose to Heal me, and we came to believe that it was the intercession of Blessed Michael and my beautiful Aunt Jerry's prayers that led to my miracle. And through that miracle, and Joe, you just mentioned about how you listened to a man talk about his addiction and how turning his life over to God, he was healed and brought out of the depths of that addiction. And now his life was more joyful than ever. So it's not been a long time, really, just 2020. So what has happened since that time? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, my beautiful wife, Nicole, who actually saved my life twice, once when she picked me off, off the living room floor and got me to the hospital, and the second time she saved my life was when she left me when I was in that treatment facility, because had she not done that, I would not have gone to that first AA meeting. I would have gotten out of there, and I would have started drinking again, 100%. Um, so life today is just incredible. Nicole and I have found our way back together again. Um, we now have this shared love of our faith and of our church, and our faith is now at the center of our marriage. Um, Nicole actually, at the, this past year's Easter vigil, was baptized and confirmed Catholic. Uh, she had completed the RCIA program. Um, and now I, I have been given the gift of being able to share this story of God's love and power. Um, and that's really why we wrote the book. We, we really had a couple goals in mind. Number one was to raise awareness of the cause for canonization for Blessed Michael. And two, to bring hope and courage and strength to people that are either struggling with addiction or, or are family members of someone struggling they you know they struggle side by side together hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, so that's in our, our life, much like that man who spoke at my first age. The joy that I have now, the relationships with my family, my children, my wife, my God, are way beyond anything I ever could have conceived before. Wow. I'm just smiling listening to this story. And the word that sticks out to me, Joe, that you were just saying, hope. There is hope. And uh, you are a perfect example of hope and the way that God wants us not to just be happy, but to have joy flowing in every part of our lives. And it's a wonderful story. You are very raw with that. And thank you so much for sharing your book with us today. Let our listeners know the name of it again and how they can get a copy for themselves. Thank you, Brenda. Yes, the title is You're a Miracle with an Exclamation Point. Um, You can find it on Amazon by just searching for You're a Miracle. Um, You can also find not only that, but some other articles and some YouTube videos that have been produced by the Knights of Columbus about my miracle. Uh, You can find those at joemcgivney.com. Well, fantastic. Joe, thank you again so much for your time today. I appreciate it very much. God bless you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Brenda. God bless you as well.